Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and with me, as always, is an accountant who is in the middle of tax season, so he's going to bill you all for listening to this podcast, Zach Mabry. Zach, how are you, my friend? I'm just rolling in it, rolling in dough, billable hours, man, billable hours. Rolling in dough. If you want to get Zach to do your taxes for real, tweet us at Roman Circus Pod. <laughs> I'm at Hey, it's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry, Z A C Mabry. Email us podcast at Roman Circus You can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Roman Circus Pod. Go on Apple Podcasts, rate and review us because it helps. You can find us anywhere podcasts are. All right, Zach, you have some hard-hitting, breaking news. Why don't you lay it on us? It's almost the end of January. We need some news going straight into February. So I sailed past all the impeachment stuff because it's tedious and boring. Right. Um, and and since matter. it's award... What? And doesn't matter. Right. And since it's award season, I was looking at what, you know, kind of the film critics and those people had to say lately. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at the failing New York Times and they had this big story about Brad Pitt. Oh, no. Right. So he's um, as he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is nominated for Best Picture and I think more. I don't I can't remember. I haven't paid attention to the other categories all that much. Um, <laughs> okay. What you all were, did that we, one get nominated like said, for? Well, like we said last last week, that you weren't nominated again, so you just decided not to. Uh, well, right. To it's like it is kind of rude that they don't pay attention to me like they should, but I'm expected to pay attention to the Academy. Um, <laughs> that said, um, you know, I think it's you know anyway um so well i actually just rented once upon a time in hollywood i haven't started watching it yet though so i'll probably watch it tonight but mm -hmm. the uh the failing new york times is is reporting about double standards that have hit brad pitt because early on in his career he was shirtless in his movies mm -hmm. and so then now he like is expected to still be shirtless in all of his movies mm -hmm. okay um, so is this like this is a in defense of Brad Pitt type thing? It, I don't I, like. I think it's just explain. It, it seems like they just needed to insert a long read about something. Mm -hmm. So they talk about because um, he's shirtless in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and right. so you know that brings it back. They go back to Thelma and Louise, where they try to say that he's like. Because after he takes his shirt off, he holds up a hairdryer like a gun that he's, like, mixing masculine and feminine archetypes. Okay. Um, and it just, to me, seems like, you know, I don't know, a tad of a, a tad bit of a stretch um, to go there. But then it, I don't know, I would just recommend reading this ridiculous article. Um, it's by uh, Manola Dargis. And so, yeah, in the failing New York Times, check it out. Um, so he was 28 then. So they they had him whip his shirt off at the young age of 28, mm -hmm. and now he is 56, and it, which is at which is two two x 28. So he's twice as old, right? And, they, they and I guess they're saying 
you know, because he didn't get nominated for Ad Astra, it's mm-hmm. because like in that movie he didn't, I guess, take his shirt off. Hmm. Well, he was nominated for Moneyball and Benjamin Button, so I don't know if he had his shirt off in either of those. I know it's so strange. And there's this one, there's this one. It said, "But beautiful, but the beautiful man can make us nervous, partly because he complicates gender norms." George Clooney is more than a pretty face, more than one writer has insisted. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is also pretty. And it's like, okay, I I don't, I guess I just don't get it. Like, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, I can't tell when guys are attractive or which one of my friends are attractive. But like George Clooney looks like somebody that you could see at almost any office. Like there is a, a person that looks exactly like George Clooney working in every mid-sized office in the country mm-hmm. um so let's I just wait just to be clear it's easy for you to know which one of your friends are attractive because all of your friends are very very attractive i know no it's crazy because yeah. i don't i don't select friends for that but like yeah all my friends are are great so anyone uh looking to to marry someone should marry one of my friends because they're all smart and and handsome mm-hmm. um so you know so yeah maybe it'll make more sense the article like i should have maybe watched once upon a time in hollywood but you know i just want to send out some sympathy to brad pitt and also just remind people about modesty and perhaps if he'd been more modest people would take him more seriously as an actor i don't know how that's a double standard because i feel like what everyone everyone always says how we only care about modesty when it comes to women, but it's held back one of our greatest, most successful actors from being even more successful, Zach. Apparently, he started going to church. Well, he went to that Kanye church, so... Did you see that now Kanye's charging? It's like 40 bucks for admission? That's right. I'm going to have to like redact my Kanye article now that he's charging. The natural progression of things. It's because he. It's because he met with what's his face, um, Joel Osteen. Yes, mm-hmm. because he met with Joel, mm-hmm. he was like, "Oh, this religion, this religion thing can make you rich, can it? it can be very profitable." Right. That's my working theory on this. Um, mm-hmm. I did uh, the other day. My friends and I were hanging out at this coffee shop slash bar that I kind of live at here in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I, I'm like a rewards member there so I get free coffee when I go and um, like when I walk in the people start laughing so um, anyway we were talking about what movies we'd seen for the Academy Awards and this girl was like yeah I went and saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood thinking it was going to be basically like La La Land <laughs> nice nice yeah it's exactly like La La Land I was like I get that because the title you know yeah and so for the listening audience, obviously La La Land is a musical that I quite enjoyed in 2016. Um, and uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has music in it. Right. But it is a Quentin Tarantino movie. Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen it, but I assume that there are on-camera deaths. Most, yes, yes. Have you seen it? I have, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you know, Tarantino has his, like, very striking style. Like, you could watch a movie and guess that it was Tarantino because he, he has his, like, unique style. Mm-hmm. 
it's funny because like he was so such good friends with everyone who's been canceled like harvey weinstein and the others mm-hmm. that it's surprised that none of it ever came for him like uh, when, when me too bit. happened it's like literally every single one of your friends got me too i think he maybe just held up because uh people really like his movies yeah i mean they tried to get him a little but it uh but then that i mean that would open up a teflon whole, quinton well that would open up a whole thing where everyone who ever worked with them would come under scrutiny right and that that gets messy and people are trying right. to avoid that well i think it was once it was like it was like the meryl streep rule like if you're if you're if you're not any close if you're more distant from harvey weinstein than meryl streep then you can't be canceled um mm-hmm. she can't be canceled yeah and so and she was friends with all these people too mm-hmm. or, i mean still is friends i liked last year when was it last year or two years ago that they all wore black to the um golden globes you gotta honor their friend harvey right and it was one of those where like are you wearing black because your friends have now been held accountable for crimes against nature or <laughs> <laughs> like for being violent yeah um, yeah so that was that was interesting um but yeah so I, I think i've seen close to half of the uh best picture films how many have you seen uh because you saw parasite no i didn't see parasite you have to see parasite okay i'll 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 get that all locked and loaded uh yeah, we we'll, we're going to try and do an episode where we talk about all the movies, which we've never done. So we're going to try and... Right. Uh, so like, there will be spoilers for all nine of the Best Picture nominated movies in our next episode. Um, or, well, in an episode between now and then. When you see our episode that's about that, just know. Yeah. We'll tell you, but like we're going to talk about all of it. Um, Zach, in more in more entertainment news, I have another entertainment news. Oh, here we story. go. Entertain me. Pee Wee Herman's dark reboot is ready to make a comeback. Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, is going to do a dark reboot of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Okay? So. Yes. Or at least he says he wants to. So not, I didn't really read the article. I just read that. And what I assume they mean by dark reboot. You remember in Pee Wee Herman's television show. I they don't. would have do you remember do you remember they had the word of the like the word of the show did you ever see that no i don't know that i ever saw the show i think okay. i just saw Wee's big adventure well my joke is going to just fall completely flat but Should lots tell of other it? people Wait, have listened let's, to okay it. Yeah. here let's let's do it and you play along and so it doesn't make me seem weird okay, okay? i'm playing along okay playing along. hey zach Pee-wee Herman's dark reboot is set to make a comeback. Do you remember Pee-wee's big adventure? I do. Do you remember how every time they would have a word of the show where if someone said that word that they would, that the whole, the whole cast and everybody on the, on the show would go crazy. I do. Yeah. You do remember that. So it was like, yeah, it's like, I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. So it'd be the, an example would be like if they said, the word of the show is hamburger. Anytime someone ah. would say ham- ha- yeah, they would all flip out like that. In the dark reboot, the thing that makes it dark is Pee Wee's word of the day is murder. <gasps> okay, anyway. <laughs> is that the joke or is that real? I think it's, no, it's not real. What if What if it was a thing where it's like the word of the day, but if you say it, they they murder you, like you get murked. 
Yeah, or they actually like bleep it out on screen. I uh, <laughs> Paul Rubin's story. I I uh, was working when I worked at a hotel in Hollywood. We would have people come by and shoot, you know, movies, TV, documentaries there, and they had they were doing a, a Pee Wee Herman documentary. So they had a bunch of the people who about were the on. guy who played it or the show. Uh, about the show so they had a bunch of like Lawrence Fishburne was on the show so they had him come through and they talked all about the show and Paul Rubens came and we were valeting out front and the guy I worked with who didn't know who he was walked up to Paul Rubens and said hi what what brings you in today and the guy said I'm here for the Pee Wee Herman documentary and my coworker said great can I get your name and he just stares at him and says peewee and then then a split second goes by he goes sorry that was rude my name is paul and it's like oh that's great that's hilarious yeah it's good stuff they're like my name is raymond arroyo yeah 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 (laughs) now that you say that i uh i never thought about that he looks like he look he they do look alike yeah apparently you're not supposed to point that out though so i i we gotta we had to zip it up. Zip, zip, zap. Uh, anything yep. else in the news? Forget we said that, everybody. Um, you know, the the news is is the news. I um. Oh, there's the whole Israel thing. So Israel's like annexing more parts of of the land surrounding it. Um. So I guess we're in for another refugee crisis or something. Um. For coverage on that, look elsewhere because I don't, I don't really know. Uh, <laughs> okay, great, great. All right, Zach. Before wait, the Super Bowl is coming up. Oh yeah, the Super Bowl. I, I completely like that's been so overshadowed. I com- honestly completely forgot about it. I just saw that Jennifer Lopez is going to be the halftime act, and it's like I just keep thinking about how upset people were that she didn't get nominated for any Academy Awards. And so you know, instead, she, she got the next best thing. Yeah, the brave stage taken before by Ashley Simpson and Maroon. Or 5. no, that wasn't that. That was the that was the NCAA. Um, Maroon Five. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Um, Super Bowl halftime shows are uh, a very storied thing. Like Michael Jackson kind of invented them. Yeah, that was like a one that, you know, everyone was like, oh, this is great. I liked the one that was the Aerosmith versus NSYNC, like, duo. Yeah. And then just randomly, like, Mary J. Blige is on stage, and you're like, huh? Yeah, they always, like, they always jam people in there that you're always questioning. And so, yeah, like, in the middle of Walk This Way by Aerosmith, they do, like, a break, and you get Nelly doing, uh, like one of his other songs um mm-hmm. i can't remember what song it was but like his you know the one about being a sucker for cornrows um oh yeah uh country yeah. grammar country grammar did you see all the people freaking out because models were wearing cornrows like white models white white dudes yeah yeah i saw that i think the funniest part of the whole thing was that everybody was calling it dreadlocks and it's like those are 100% cornrows. So like you don't even <laughs> yeah. like like are you sure yeah. that you're offended 
that they were wearing dreadlocks considering they weren't wearing dreadlocks they were wearing cornrows and now that you just found out it was cornrows are you are you already offended that it was cornrows because you may want to like know what you're talking about me me on stage turning a giant dial that says offended on it zach (laughs) yeah and just keep waiting is is that what the is that the tweet I forget what the tweet is. The the drill tweet. I think it was racism on the drill tweet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, but it is a clever tweet. But uh, I I just remember laughing at like the dreadlocks and people were pointing that out like other podcasts, and I was like, this is great. I'm glad that we're all noticing that um, these models are not wearing dreadlocks. They are wearing cornrows, and like that could be appropriation. But you've kind of, kind of blew your case with the whole uh you know right you got to figure out what uh you got to figure out what what you're offended at before you turning turning a big dial that says racism on it and constantly looking back at the audience for approval like a contestant on the price is right there we go yeah um um did you see that like biden like beat up one of his supporters (laughs) over like pipelines or something that's what they that's how he's going to win that's how he's going to win the nomination it's one of those things where like you watch the video and the stuff he's saying and then the fact that he like grabs a guy by his shirt jacket it's like i'm not trying to be like partisan or rude or anything when i say that joe biden is not well like he doesn't have control of his mental faculties and it's cruel to let him like do this campaign um and like every day he demonstrates it again like it starts to get sad like i don't want anything bad to happen to him he is a sick old man i want him to like be able to retire and hang out with his grand grandchildren um but instead we uh we get just constant like every day he like i can't i can't say what he does but um yeah he involves the s word but every day on stage it's like are you kidding so um I mean, we should probably be praying for him, like for his health and also just that like somebody reasons with him. And it's like, you've got to like enjoy, like you, you have so much money. You were vice president of the United States. Um, You know, why don't you just take it easy? You know, hang out with the grandkids, do get some books, ghost written and go on some tours. Like, like just chill like so we we need to pray that he his health gets better and that he just goes away um but it does look like voters are going to help the party stuff they i think they're going to help push along his retirement uh once once the real votes start happening maybe true all right disclaimer we we're going to talk about kobe bryant and we're going to try and delicately touch on some things that went on in his past. So if you're listening with, with children, what? So we're going to delicately touch on some things with consent. Yeah. And it, uh, it, so that, yeah, we're not going to like get too into it, but just a heads up. Uh, we, so we talked about on our Patreon episode, we talked about Kobe and we thought that it made for interesting enough conversation, uh, and within, respects to Catholicism to open it up to the main episode. So if you listen to the Patreon episode, uh, we're sorry, but there's going to be a lot of 
similar. I mean, things. we've had a lot of other points raised since then, though. So, I mean, I think that's kind of its own standalone. Um, yeah. Like in so, the earlier conversation, I pointed out just as an observation that with Kobe's past and the fact that you know since allegations against him back when he was in his 20s came out since then we've had the me too movement that you know it what would how would things have gone if the timing had been different and that was kind of the point i was raising and i think that is what led matt to want to have this other conversation talking about people if they have their pasts and you know redemption and that kind of stuff is that fair yeah, because it really is an inch. There, there's a lot of things that came out, and it really is. I it is like a ta- again. You eulogize people on upon their death, right? Um, well, if you're Catholic, you don't at mass, but or I guess the new ones do. Do, do they do eulogies in the new one? Uh, I forget. I, no idea. You know, I, I kind of lucked out and haven't had to go to gone to a funeral recently. Um. But yeah, so so what happened obviously is uh, in 2003, 2004, Kobe was, um, as mo- I mean, most of us know, he, he was uh, accused of raping a girl, a hotel employee in Colorado. And he was very public, even for the time, Zach, because he, they made the NBA finals that year. And throughout the year, he's flying back and forth from Colorado for these trial things and then flying to LA or wherever to play in the game that night. So you'd see Kobe and the report of him at court at, he'd be at court in the morning and then on the court in the evening, which is pretty crazy. And it was a pretty huge story. And it would be, I mean, it would probably, if he was playing and he, it was 2020, it would be exponentially larger because like i think it was even really before facebook too zach um so he had all this and then all these things came out about like he you know paying him off he said he he should he should pay have paid he shack pays women off all the time there were things that you know obviously life on the road as an nba player is not notoriously um monogamistic you know they and Basically, they, it's a it's a giant stag party, and a yeah. lot of really bad stuff tends to. Ha- it's a it's not a wholesome environment, right? And then it came out, and then in the trial, I mean, you know, they it's very it's pretty bad. Like they they always one of the defense things is to always go after the woman, right? Like she, of course, it's Kobe Bryant, one of the most famous people on earth. Of course, she wants to do this. Of course, this happened. Like all these people are coming. Right. She. So they really just try and um, discredit the victim, and it it's not at all good. And what happens then is it all happens. They lose in the finals. Shaq gets traded. Kobe's team, he kind of then on the court, he kind of like becomes a little punk. I mean, he was always kind of a punk on the court, right? But then he becomes a punk, and then he like, they don't do so well. And then he finds more. He Then in 2008, he wins the MVP. And then they go to three straight finals and win two of them. And he's starting winning again. And, like, it, he just becomes Kobe again, right? Within the span of five years, he goes from this. And then it all kind of gets brushed away. And part of that, too, is he he's living and playing in one of the biggest media markets. And he is absolutely beloved. Like, they built 
they build a barrier around Kobe that you can't touch him in LA, right? They've already right. they've already exiled Shaq, who is you know, arguably more famous at that time than Kobe. And they like Kobe. Right. And it was one guy. of those things where they're like, We'll do anything to keep Kobe. Um we're gonna trade Shaq. Like it it wasn't like his that I re- I remember that trade, like when they let go of Shaq. Like it was very clear that like we are Kobe's team. So right, yeah, and there especially here in Phoenix, there was thoughts that maybe the Suns had a run at him, right? Like it. So all these things, and again, this is like what we talked about. Kobe was so tied up in my sports fandom that even though I never rooted for him really at all, it still was. I mean, it's an awful tragedy, but you're still like it's part of your your college days just going away right but anyway so he comes that like so he has this and then he and then he he tears his achilles and he gets older and you see him get older and he the lakers aren't as good and he's not as great on the court and then he his final game zach is on espn and he scores 60 and everyone watches it they watch it the Golden State Warriors are on the other ESPN channel going to break the record for most team wins in a season. And no one cares because everybody, including myself, is watching Kobe go off for 60 points in his final game, right? So you just mm-hmm. have this moment where, like, this legend is going away. And then like, I'm doing the rundown for an obvious point. And then what happens? He goes into retirement. Did you remember he won an Oscar, Zach? Yes, because I remember tweeting about it being like, all right, LeBron. Yeah, so he wins an Oscar. He's notorious for just, he has like these weird ESPN shows that are kind of okay and kind of creative, kind of bad, kind of weird, but he's always just trying to look for this next thing. And then it, you see, then more recently you see him, they show him at basketball games with his daughter, Gianna, who also died in the helicopter crash, right? You see him like going to games and you see him really involved. And then he dies. And I always, I knew I had heard that Kobe was Catholic before. And you always, obviously, I mean, as bad as it sounds, you always wonder how Catholic someone is. I mean, it's like, it's good that they Right. Are. Cause I mean, it's like they're cat, like they were born Catholic or the, the dreaded, they, I went to Catholic schools. Yeah. Catholics. But then again, based on Kobe's history and what happened and what you, for better or worse, think about NBA players and sports players in general, it's not just an NBA thing, obviously, but it, you kind of question like, was he, was he raised that way? Did he care about it? Did he do like how, how what, you know, cause he's just a high, you do that with high profile people, whether we should or not. So then it comes out after he died it's it's crazy after he died all the sto- like the stories about him attending mass earlier that morning came out pretty quickly like it was it was stunning to me how how much it was reported but it was not only reported kind of in catholic circles it was on i watched a report on cnn or one of the fake news media shows zach and they they talked about how he woke up and he went to church at 7 a.m. Like this was part, everyone, he's the most famous person, one of the most famous people in the world. So everybody wants an entire account of what he did that day. Right. So it, so these things, it just starts coming out. Like go, you see everywhere, like Kobe went to mass, you see political place, like, uh, like conservative news blogs or like 
Kobe went to mass this morning. Like it, it was kind of, it was interesting to me because I don't know. It's just, it's part of his day, but at the end, like it's an interesting way to be remembered and that people will document. Right. And then it came out, his, his priest confirmed it and people talked about how they saw him at mass. And then they also, it also came out that he had asked the priest that day to go through confirmation. Like mm-hmm. he hadn't been confirmed. Right. So you just see all this stuff. Which so I mean, like, I don't, I've never heard of confirmation by desire, but I do know that in those cases, like of anything by desire, you do like explicitly stating that you want something is a pretty good sign that, you know, if that exists, uh, seems like, you know, he'd be a good candidate for that. Right. Yeah. So, so all these things come out and then it, again, we, we, he, he starts, we can start cheering him as this like Catholic, some like a good way to go out. Like, like in my opinion, if you are a basketball player who can get whatever or whoever or whenever, whatever he wants, and no one tells you no, right? Mm-hmm. And again, he's very this. He's a very public person, so we all know. And that kind of is a little. That kind of is a little lenient. Like it's a little lenient on how we can ju- like it. We shouldn't judge souls, right? But there's this man who went through this awful thing, and he. Uh, sorry, that came out kind of wrong. Like he he had this awful event, right? The the victim obviously is the one who went through an awful thing, but like, right? Because so, it was like someone did tell him no. At least that's the story. Right. Okay. And as we said, at, at the very least, it's adultery, right? Because he admitted yeah. that. So here's this guy that came had all this stuff. There's very public thing, who could get whatever he wants, whoever he wants. No one says no to die like a few hours after going to mass, receiving communion and expressing a desire to enter further into the church. We should all be so lucky sack to go out that way, which is really weird because it like how, like it's a weird thing to kind of deal with because we shouldn't canonize people. And of course Kobe has, as we will all have plenty to answer for, but you Mm -hmm. look at this thing and it's like, like it, it, I don't think it's weird to say that he as a pure ambassador, ambassador for Catholicism, like that he could very well be someone who's one of the more influential Catholic ambassadors of the past a hundred years. And it's weird to say because he had that because he had the whole rape thing, right? Well, and I think that's the that's the thing because um, like the the rape accusations came out, the the criminal charges were dropped because um, the survivor, the victim, hadn't like refused to testify, and that was the only reason they were dropped. Um, but then the uh, that's never Civil. as clean. That's never as clean as it always sounds. Like obviously, right. she either they either paid her off or someone got to her in the forms of like we're going to expose every single thing you've ever done. Right. Well, and so then he released a statement when the criminal case was dismissed. So I figured I could just read it because it's short. He said, first, I want to apologize directly to the young woman involved in this incident. I want to apologize to her for my behavior that night and for the consequences she has suffered in the past year." 
Although this year has been incredibly difficult for me personally, I can only imagine the pain she has had to endure. I also want to apologize to her parents and family members and to my family and friends and supporters and to the citizens of Eagle, Colorado. I also want to make it clear that I do not question the motives of this young woman. No money has been paid to this woman. She has agreed to this that this settlement will not be used against me in the civil case. Although I truly believe this encounter between us was consensual, I recognize now that she did not and does not view this incident the same way I did. After months of reviewing discovery, listening to her attorney, and even her testimony in person, I now understand how she feels that she did not consent to this encounter. I issued this statement today fully aware that while one part of the case ends today, another remains. I understand that the civil case against me will go forward. That part of the case will be decided by and between the parties directly involved in the incident and will be no longer be a financial or emotional drain on the citizens of the state of Colorado. So that's basically pointing out that after the civil, after the criminal case is over, there's the civil case. Um, so it's no longer like you don't have the state prosecuting the uh the case or anything mm-hmm. right so like oj was found innocent in the murder case but he was found he paid off like millions and millions in the civil case right right okay. the their the terms of the settlement aren't public the estimate was that like once a civil case settled um that that the settlement was about two and a half million um and then you know the part that I don't know. You, I just look at it and I think, wow, like this wouldn't fly today. So not that long after this all ended, he got he signed a new um, like $136 million contract, but then also got back most of his endorsements like Nike, Spalding, and Coca-Cola. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. The holdouts were um, Nutella and McDonald's. So, um, Which you wouldn't think. Nutella is very popular, but he... That sounds like you could live without Nutella. He, Kobe spent a lot of time in Italy and he knows Italian. And he, so like, he's, I, I, it sounds weird, but like he, losing like Italian things like that is very, that's huge. Well, and I mean, also, like, who in 2004 and five knew what Nutella was in America and now it's right. everywhere. Right. So, I mean, but like at the end of the day, okay. And I mean, and I have a like a more nuanced point than this. So like, let me finish this bad. He does this bad thing. Um, he acknowledges that the other party doesn't believe it was consensual and gives a certain amount of validity to that um, in saying he doesn't question her motives and, you know, that he disagrees. But even, you know, from his own, not that that's admitting it, but, you know, he is saying that this didn't just come out of nowhere, that there's essentially a case there. Um, the case gets settled, and he pretty much gets his whole life back, like in a relatively short period of time. The The thing there to me is that that would seem to, that would not seem to set somebody up to actually be contrite, to turn their life around, etc etc but as we see he did reconcile with his wife and he did become a faithful catholic and you know so like i think that there's something admirable in the sense that it wasn't like all this bad stuff happened and so he suddenly puts on this 
oh, well, I'm St. Kobe to mm-hmm. like revamp his career because his career pretty much revamped itself since there was just, I guess, just less consciousness on these things. I mean, it it just does seem like this just wouldn't fly. Um, it, I, it, yeah, it was 15. Does it make sense? So like he, he didn't seem to have any, it wasn't like a stunt to suddenly become, you know, super into being a dad and a Catholic and all that kind of stuff in order to like shore up his reputation and like, like stop the losses from his reputation and business interests because all of those things came back really quickly anyway. Does that make sense? Yeah. He, which is a whole other issue. Yeah. That would be, that wouldn't happen again today. Right. Those contracts, they they would take, much more well, right i mean thankfully we're more aware because that was the other thing i mean it it you know it, i don't think that the victim's name has ever been released which is good that i know of mm-hmm. um but i mean they were talking about what medications she was prescribed and um you know that her past struggles with mental health and um you know all these different things and that she'd you know tried out for american idol so she just wanted to be in the spotlight um so and yeah, and then they bring in like someone to like tear apart her moral character. So we don't do that anymore. I hope. I mean, and there's awareness to how terrible that is. That like, right. like so, yes, everybody deserves to be innocent until proven guilty. But we have to respect and protect victims in these situations. And you know, it, it can't just be, you know tearing apart somebody or saying all of these circumstances imply that there was consent at this time at this place Mm -hmm. Um, because that that's just not that's not how any of this works right so he with the with turning around his life like one thing I would say and again this is all cautious with not really knowing the souls of people but Ramona Shelburne of ESPN who covered Kobe a lot and was fairly close to him said on a podcast I listened to I've consumed so much Kobe content it's so weird this week like it's just it's pretty fascinating but she said after his last game she was telling this was not in context of Catholicism but it played a part she was talking about how driven Kobe was Mm -hmm. after Kobe's final game she went up to him and said hey can we get together tomorrow to talk about this for a piece, what's your schedule like? And he said, this was the, keep in mind, the day after his last game, he said, I'm going to be up at five, I'm going to go to mass, and then I'm going to go to the office to start working again. And it was in context of how hard he worked, but she put that he waked up, woke up to go to morning mass. So I would say, like, when we're talking about people and talking about change, you see their actions of how they change. and. Someone who is not at least trying to make themselves better would not wake up for morning mass like Kobe did, right? He would, right. it would be easy for him to say, Gianna has a basketball game. We don't want to wake her up to go to 7 a.m. mass before sports to tire her out. So we'll just go to mass later, or maybe we'll just skip this week, right? But he didn't. He woke up and they again. I was talking with my brother, maybe the reason Kobe 
was such a great basketball player. He's bringing into everything, and that includes Catholicism. So maybe he was just driven to like be a great Catholic, which is very good, and it would just go to his mentality. But like again, you don't if you're not on if you're not trying to better yourself. And again, you, if you don't go, you don't miss mass. But if you miss mass, it doesn't mean you're not trying to better yourself. But in this case, he woke up early to take her because he knew it was the right thing to do. And that is, I think that is truly the mark of someone who is trying to change and trying to be better. And you saw, like, he, there was never any reports after cholera. I mean, it's hard to top that as far as reports. But, like, he he kind of just kept in line. And you saw the, how well he was with his daughters. It's like, I think that we we can praise and we can get excited about all the reports we heard about Kobe while saying that what he did in his past was not good. Right. Like I don't, okay. St. Paul is a, St. Paul is a pretty large comparison, but I mean, St. Paul is one of our most famous and well-regarded saints and he murdered people beforehand, Zach. Like, right. I mean, that's that's the idea. I mean, and this, this is something that Christianity brings to the world is the idea of forgiveness and redemption. I mean, we want, you know, all of the very worst sinners to repent and become saints. And we believe that it's possible for that to happen. So I'm, yeah, like even, even if you were to work, base yourself on the assumption that he was guilty of what he did, um, there does, his faith in his later life shows itself to be very genuine um, at least, you know, by all available evidence. And, you know, he wasn't out really promoting this aspect of himself, like putting out books or, you know, trying to be like a professional Catholic. He was just being a Catholic. And, you know, I, I think that it's, again, like if you were to take the assumption that he was guilty, I think it it shows you that, you know, our faith is the faith that forgives all sins. Um it's not condoning them. And that this is, you know, the culture doesn't have that concept. In the culture, forgiveness means that you condone something or, you know, uh, acknowledging that somebody has done something good when they have previously done something bad is having an, like, is sort of a passive way of approving their bad behavior from the past. And, you know, Christianity says, the opposite. I mean, it says you have to have sorrow for your sins, that your sins are bad and that you can't work your sins off by doing good stuff. You have to repent of them and God has to absolve you of them. Um, and then you can grow in the life of grace through good works and stuff, but that ultimately, you know, the, it's not a, it's not a scale where the good stuff you do outweighs the bad. You, you have to be genuinely sorry for the bad stuff that you did, and then you can be absolved of it. And that that doesn't in any way condone the bad behavior. You know, being able to go to confession to be absolved of your sins, that's not... The fact that we have confession down the street, the priest isn't isn't like somehow enabling my sins by telling me that on Saturday he'll be there doing confession. Right. So I can do whatever I want because I can go get it wiped off, wiped clean. You know, that this shows, again, like how a lot of the ideas we have are are so incompatible with the sort of radical notion that you can be forgiven for anything. Yeah. And, and that that thing doesn't condone what you did. You know, go on. 
well, it's completely, and it's completely fair to say that you don't think that he should be celebrated. But unfortunately, as I've stated multiple times, he's one of the most famous people on planet Earth. Right. So, I mean, and so, I think he should be celebrated. What's that? And I do think he should be celebrated. I was mostly saying I, thought I wanted to probe the issue there yeah, no, instead no, no. of like kind of papering I, over it. My point is, is whether you, if you, you're, it's a, someone is allowed to say that he shouldn't be, but he's going to be. So the fact that he is the way he went out, if, if he is going to be celebrated for being Kobe, the NBA player, then we should celebrate him for being Kobe, the Catholic and it, because because at the end of the day, like you again, you could just say you can not. We want everyone to be in heaven. We want everyone to die in a state of grace, and we we don't want to lose any souls. So it it is completely within your rights to say I do not like Kobe. I didn't. I did not like him. What he did was awful. I can't let that slide. But also, I'm happy that this stuff is coming out right and who like he if if he is a saint and i mean that in terms of just being in heaven that is amazing and if for some reason like just the the craziest thing happens and he becomes like an actual canonized saint like that would be insane but i we don't even need he doesn't even that doesn't even need to be a thing as far like we i joked a little bit on twitter about it and people have talked about it but like really just as long as he won in the end, right? And he'll he'll already be. It, it's it's so nice to have someone go out like this, where they can be remembered for something positive. It's like it's just it's think of how I thought about when Bill Cosby died. I was thinking about other famous people and like how crazy it is that Bill Cosby will not get the celebration we thought he would get 10 years ago right well yeah because I mean, but he's not even sorry at least based on his public statements. well so that's the point so like you don't you you have like this icon this legend this famous person who you, in theory should is going to die and everyone is going would remember all the great stuff he did and it's just coming crashing down with a giant thud so the fact that the fact that there's an example of someone who was accused of rape, went through a trial and all that stuff, and is going out as an inspirational father and church-going man is pretty amazing. And I don't, I, at this point, I think yeah. it's just repeating itself, and I don't know how much more I have to say. I just think it's, it's really awesome. And, it's, and for someone, like I said, who I rooted for Kobe when he played for Team USA, and I rooted for him to get as many points as he could his final game. And I did not root for him any other time in his career, really. Right. So it, 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 let the record show, let, let the record, let the record show. No, but, but you, but rooting, but okay. And it all sounds cliche and dumb, but like rooting for him in his death is such a great feeling. And like something that is just way like it, it's just such a nice, it's just nice. It's for someone who had no interaction with Kobe whatsoever. It's nice closure on the the famous person aspect of it. Right. I agree. So yeah, that's it. Like it 
feel feel however you want zach whatever it doesn't just do i'm very i'm becoming a libertarian and i'm just gonna say do whatever you want it doesn't matter just don't hurt me zach that's how my thoughts were with kobe just kidding well just kidding right just kidding. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's lots of reasons to be inspired. And like we've always said, we have no idea what happens at the moment of judgment. Um, but, you know, we've said if you're, uh, you know, in the middle of uh, committing murder and, and that's when you died, that's a really bad way to go out, right? Like that's that's not going to set you up for a good judge. You know, like anything can happen, but like I would recommend not dying in those circumstances. Um, you know, on the flip side, somebody who has been attending mass has, you know, had been to mass that day in the morning, had expressed a desire to receive one of the sac- an additional sacrament, et cetera. I mean, that is really, uh, that is, you know, what you'd call being prepared for, for death. Um, and, you know, when you think about meditating on the four last things or, or all these things, so much of it is to try to cultivate the kind of attitude that Kobe did seem to, to have based on the available evidence. Um, you know, there's the, the sort of, I think they call it the odor of sanctity. Um, the, the way that he lived his life towards, especially the last several years, the tidbits and stories that people told about him, and then just some of the facts we know about attending Mass and yada yada, um, it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. We should, we could all be so lucky to, you know, take our faith that seriously. Right. Or at least, or, or at least die after doing what he did, not taking a helicopter, but attending mass and receiving communion and then expressing a desire to be within the church even more. And like you said, I don't know about the desire, like either about the desire for... I, yeah, I have no idea theologically if that exists. But I mean, it, it's not necessarily... But it, you don't have to be confirmed for salvation, but it's a good, again... Right, but he, whether it. or not it's a thing that manif- like that becomes... Whether or not that has that, he certainly did express a desire. So it, it's really... It, even, if it mean, if it, even if it means no more than I expressing it, me expressing a desire for pizza, it's still a positive... Expre- like, it's still a positive... Right. Well, because so often people want to take really wide definitions of those, like baptism by desire. Um, but like in this case, you did have like an actual manifested desire, like a like I want this to happen. Like it was an expressed desire. It was explicit desire for the sacrament. Yeah. So, uh, and it also helps to know that if he was taking it that seriously, he also would not let his children not do that too. So Gianna, I'm sure was well wrapped up in that, which is also good for good for her. soul. So, and it's, you know, that's the thing. Like even in the, there's so many, if you notice the juxtaposition, like in light of the bad things that he did, there's these good things that he did, like great things. And then in light of the sadness of what happened on Sunday, um, there's reason for hope. And so it, you know, it kind of always, this kind of juxtaposition, you know, something that makes, I guess, not to sound cheesy, but life what it is, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the cross being like the most dramatic example of, juxtaposing hope with despair 
Um, but yeah, you can kind of see the way that the faith adds a different element to things such as a tragic helicopter crash leading to the ability to have hope and, and to, you know, things that, and that make you want to take your faith more seriously or just, you know, make you appreciate God's mercy and, and whatnot. And I think it, knowing nothing at all, I think it's pretty safe to say that he, his death probably brought a few people back into the church, at least just to pray or to attend mass. So, Oh yeah. That's always good too. He was, he was married in the church. Oh, that's good. In Dana Point at St. Edward the Confessor. Um, oh, nice. Which is good. But it, uh, yeah, so uh, that's, uh, that's really, I don't know. That's all I have on that. Do you have anything else before we do Saint of the Week? Um, nope. Let's, let's get that Saint of the Week. Saint Kobe Bryant. Okay, sorry. Uh, Saint Peter Nolasco. You seen this guy? You heard of this guy? Um, I haven't. I'll be totally honest. Feast day, January 28th, which was Tuesday. Excellent. Born in 1889 in France. He died May 6th, 1256 in Spain. Canonized in 1628 by Pope Urban VIII. I feel like a lot of saints we talk about were canonized by Pope Urban VIII. But that just might, I don't know. He, he must have just really liked canonizing. He loved it. St. Peter Nolasco is a confessor. Uh, when, when Peter Nolasco was in Barcelona when he was a teenager, he became part of an army fighting the Moors in the Iberian Peninsula and was appointed tutor to the young king James I of Aragon. In 1218, so he had been 29, he formed a congregation of men that became the royal and military order of Our Lady of Mercy of the Redemption of the Captives. Royal and Military Order of Our Lady of Mercy of the Redemption of the Captives. Well, that was, is a mouthful. Imagine how big their like merit badges must have been. Yeah. Uh, that was approved by Pope Gregory the Ninth in 1230. Uh He, let's see, let's see what else. Uh, oh, so here, the order spread through most of Spain and was closely associated with the Reconquista of the southern provinces under Ferdinand and Isabella, and the order flourished in France, England, Germany, Portugal, and Spain. From Spain, they provided a missionary presence to the New World. I cannot see... Uh, any any churches or any cathedrals named after him i'm sure there's i'm sure i'm sure there's some some places i wish i had more information Surely. but uh but they uh yeah he's one of those saints that there's not a whole bunch about but uh he he started this order and he uh and it helped spread the it helped spread catholicism through the new world zach so Peter Nolasco, St. Peter Nolasco. Pray for us. All right, well, that's all 
we got here. Uh, enjoy your week, and we will talk to you next time.